Warning. This episode contains spoilers for Star Wars The Last Jedi. If you haven't seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, you have been warned. Also, the first transport is away. The first transport is away. Well, the Star Wars conversation is not over. The Last Jedi conversation has just begun. Hello, and welcome back in this week to the Mad About Movies podcast. It's Kent here, joined by Richard and Brian again. Hey, guys. And uh, we're actually joined by some guests this week. We want to get some uh, crowd reaction, if you will. We want to hear the voice of the fan, the general fan. And uh, so this week, we have brought back, by popular demand, they joined us on our last Star Wars reactionary episode, Jazzy and John. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Good. I I hope you guys have been keeping up with Star Wars over the past year. I don't know uh, if you guys have, you know, sworn it off since then or what, but um, how how much have you... A little bit. Yeah, how much have you guys... (laughs) Of course. I mean, I watch Phantom Menace every morning when I just start my day. I just, I just can't, I can't start my day without it. Um, how much have you guys um, anticipated this? And of course, uh, probably a lot since you guys, I think, requested to be on this episode and booked it with us uh, like last March or something like that. So uh, let's get some general thoughts from you guys on just uh, the, your anticipation for The Last Jedi. And then um, we'll, we'll get to our stuff. Uh, I just need to preface this by saying Brian's a little under the weather this evening. Um, yeah, he's, sorry. He's being... if I, yeah, if I die on the air, I apologize. Yeah, he, he's troopering <laughs> through it, and uh, and stormtroopering some would storm... say. <laughs> hey, I was, I was gonna go there, but I didn't didn't want to say stormtroopering through it. Out. Um, <laughs> and we expect him to give us some follow up because I believe you've seen it again. I've seen it again. Richard's seen it again, and uh, so we're gonna get follow up thoughts from us. But Jazzy, John, anticipation. And general thoughts on, I guess, your first screening. What were your initial impressions when you first walked out of the theater? Um, Jossie here. Um, I came out of it, and um, I really, really liked it upon seeing it for the first time. And um, afterwards, we went back to our spot, and we were, like, discussing it and thinking about, you know, how we're going to take series going forward and, like, how different it is from Force Awakens. And... um, it settled in with me the next day how much I really liked it. And then when I saw it again um, on the weekend, I came out of it just just stoked because I felt like this was one of the best ones they've done, um, I guess, <laughs> since <laughs> Empire. It's up there for me. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, we claimed it months in advance because we realized that, you know, we did it last time. So we were like, why not? Let's do it again. And um, expectations were met. Um, I was thoroughly satisfied. What about you, John? Well, in terms for me, I think Luke summed it up best. This is not going to go the way you think. And mm-hmm. after the movie, I, I didn't have that same initial buzz after Force Awakens. And I think everybody kind of had that feeling. But Ryan Johnson was so smooth with his trail, the way the trailers depicted that you thought events were going to unfold a certain way. But nothing went the way I thought. We have no more villains. Uh, other than Kylo Ren. So I, I guess what I'm really excited is they're kind of ushering in a new era. They're they're phasing out C-3PO and BB-8 is now this, the main staple. So I'm really excited to see where the franchise goes from here. Yeah, yeah I think. Go ahead. Com- oh, go ahead. I was going to say just to comment on that, you know, the, we'll talk about kind of the, the fan reaction and everything in a, in a, in a second. Um, but I think it's important to separate 
you know, um, the the post theater buzz of Force Awakens. Um, and, and look, I I have my quarrels with this film, but I think the fact that you don't walk out with that same buzz, and I I know that you did, uh, John and Jossie, mm-hmm. but the people that haven't, I don't think that's necessarily a critique of this movie. You know, whereas whereas Force Awakens is so much more of a theme park ride, kind of to Correct. generate to generate all those endorphins and emotions and nostalgia and all those things and that's kind of its goal and so you walk out you know you may not even critique the film for two months because you just walk out on so cloud nine Correct. Uh, this movie kind of inspires more of a thoughtful um and it's kind of doing two different things both to its credit and discredit so um i think the backlash is kind of twofold there are people that have legitimate gripes with this film but then there's also like well i didn't feel the same way i did walking out of force awakens and i don't think that's necessarily fair because i don't think it was it was aiming towards that. Kent, sorry to cut you off. No, I think uh, there's been two rules of thought coming out of this movie. Uh, some say this is the best Star Wars movie they've ever seen, one of the best movies I've ever seen, and some people say it shouldn't, it doesn't belong in in Star Wars. Um, I don't think there's a right for anyone to judge which side of that equation is right or wrong. Uh, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily the Star Wars fanboys are right that it should have been. The film should have been made this way. I don't think the people that are super high on it are right, and that anyone who has any critiques on the movie is is illegitimate. I think uh, this movie is just more decisive than Star Wars movies of the past. Uh, not to say that necessarily that's a bad thing. It does inspire more conversation, and uh, this does write new rules. Yes. Uh, the question is, is how much are they trying to write, to rewrite, right? How much are they trying to do over? How much of the canon... Previously, should we still take into consideration how much of the force rules that we've come to know and love apply now? You know, how much uh, of the First Order should we respect them at all anymore? Do they still have the same clout as they did after The Force Awakens? These are all questions that I had leaving the theater. I think they're legitimate questions, and they're fun questions to talk about. You know, I would, I'm actually probably more stoked on this movie coming out in terms of the conversation surrounding it and mm. making for fun, entertaining podcasts. And I was for the force awakens. I mean, uh, we were just kind of calling back to Easter eggs in the force awakens and saying, Oh, well this was like a new hope and things like that. This is more of a discussion about what the force means, what star Wars means, uh, where it's going. And if we should still cling to the original trilogy as the ultimate Holy grail of star Wars, you know, I, I think that this movie is, is really like uh, I think one of you guys put it uh, earlier, guests that they they're ushering in a new era, and we have to kind of accept that slowly but surely. Uh, for me, this film maybe threw a little bit at uh, at me all at once, and it was just a little hard to process maybe the first time. But I did see it a second time, Brian. I know you did too, Richard. I know you did too, and mm-hmm. um, it I understood more what they were going for. The second time, you know, I understood why things are the way they are. Doesn't mean I necessarily agree with them, or I would have done it that same way. But I definitely understand where they were coming from more this time around. And um, I guess this this last viewing just more legitimized my thoughts and gave me some more questions to ask you guys. So I'm excited to hear your your follow up thoughts. Um, but if if Brian, you want to kind of give your general sure. thoughts on your second screening, we'll get into specifics here in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, I. I, I, it was interesting when we recorded, um, you know, we, we went to see the movie together. We recorded that night and I, I kind of walked away wondering if like, I, we record, you know, we do this every week, we put it out and I generally have a fairly good understanding of like, okay, this is what we did well. This is where we struggled. 
And, and like, I imagine this is going to be a hot button issue with listeners and stuff like that. I kind of wondered when we went to bed Thursday night, like, I wonder if people are going to be a little pissed that we were, we were kind of hard on it, hard on the movie. And, um, like the first week we got in the morning yeah, saying, I can't yeah, believe like, you're not ripping it to shreds. I know, this yeah, was exactly, absolute bull exactly. crap. And I was like, every, I thought we were hard on it. And, <laughs> every <laughs> tweet, tweet we got in the first like 12 hours was people saying the exact opposite. Just like, I, you know, you guys were too soft on this movie and whatnot. Um, I, you know, look, I'll say this second viewing is a huge, was a huge helper for me that made a big, big difference. Um, I think I was probably in like the B maybe to maybe even a B minus category after the first viewing um, and second viewing is, has brought that up significantly. Um, and I, I think that's partly because of, I'm not going to rehash my, you know, the general thoughts from the, the last week, the last episode, but um, you can go back and listen to that. If Mostly because if you, you, you do, you'll die. because uh, I may literally die here in a second, but um, yeah, but like, I think um, part of it, it's like the reduced expectations. Cause like I said, last week, I, I really thought this might be the, the best Star Wars movie ever. And, and I don't think it is, but it's not, it's not worlds apart, you know, as I, as I may have thought it, it was at times um, in the first showing. So that helped a little bit, just being prepared for the jokes and the tone that, that really took me off guard first time around. And I think it took me an hour to kind of like settle into what this was all about because force awakens is a funny movie has a lot of very funny character stuff but it's not the same as as uh as this like tonally um from a comedic standpoint and then just being able to like look at the pieces and the parts that i didn't like um first go around and and mostly those being casino planet that whole like 30 minute scene and um and space zombie Leia and whatnot and, and a couple other things here and there. But, um, but like, but mo- honestly, mostly that casino planet thing that just felt very prequely and massively MacGuffin-y and just that like we've got to find something for Finn to do and blah 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 and kind of looking at that. No one... boy, we got a groom broom boy. <laughs> exactly. The next trilogy. Exactly, and so that's like seeing. Pretty sure Broom Boy got slaughtered in the uh, uh, the Revenge of the Sith, didn't he? The same that same kid got slaughtered by yeah. Anakin Skywalker. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's actually Warwick Davis. Um, oh, but no, like, <laughs> uh, no. So anyway, kind of looking slapstick at slapstick comedy that I didn't care for first time around, and getting to see it, um, knowing what was ahead, and just kind of really digging into that and and seeing a little bit more of what I I, I got it a lot more um, second time around. Uh, to me. And I can't remember if I said this on the on the first showing or if it's just talking to you guys off the air, and then I'll I'll shut up and move on and sneeze myself away. But um, I, to me, like looking at it from uh from like the the zoomed out lens, I think I think Ryan Johnson nailed it. And I want to really get into some of the, the specifics of like what this means moving forward and stuff like that because it it's kind of quietly um in some ways kind of decanonized a lot of the crap from the prequels that really stinks. And I love that. So like, I think it got it right on the macro and in the process, some of the micro just got um, overlooked or was done in a way that maybe wasn't, you know, I would have preferred like, again, for example, the casino planet second time around, I understand 
it, it does bear a little bit more meaning than I thought it did first time around. And there's um, there's something to it. It's not just a total wild goose chase and send Finn away because we don't have anything for him to do. There's something there. There's something of value there. I just wish that we could have made tighten that up to make it um, stand out a little more instead of feeling like um, you know, MacGuffin sort of just get him out of here. We got to do something with him. Like there's, there's something going on there. It just need to be done a little tighter. Yeah. And I think some of that stuff got lost a little bit in the process of like really caring for the macro of what's happening within the whole movie. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, you're not saying that Finn is an unlikable character and that you don't want him. It's just like, I wish they gave him something to do that I cared more about. I just didn't, I didn't think that his plot line with finding the code and doing that whole thing was really that important and important enough to spend 40 minutes on. But uh, you could have gotten Finn involved in the story some other way, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Um, yeah. Richard, you saw it a second time? Yeah, I have to say, uh, before I get into my, my second thoughts, uh, you know, we got a lot of tweets because I, I missed um, the milking. <laughs> um, so we got a lot of tweets can't believe you missed uh, that you, you really I know, did I know. I know from a ton of people saying i needed the run p map um that or run p app rather map would be and, and, and an actual like, physical map you can bring in the theater yeah, too covered in urine covered in urine gotta rain it out uh run run p app i even got like a tweet and an email from the run p folks lovely really appreciate your service be our um, sponsor Next but I have to I say, if, them. I, I, if I went analog, if I went analog, <laughs> I went analog <laughs> on this thing, and all I missed was the like nipple milking. I feel like I didn't need the app. I feel like I did a pretty good job of like navigating this because <laughs> I didn't even know that existed and missed no action or plot. I just missed milking. Everyone's saying I need the app. I feel like old Richard's brain might 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 have surmounted the app because there and B it was the midnight. It was a seven p.m. The night before the release showing, there wouldn't have been run P on this already. Right. I'm just saying, I beat the system. I'm not getting enough credit. So that's number one. Number two, question, the question is so, about run P, though, was would the milking scene be what they chose? Or is somebody at run P being like, no, people really need to see this milking very scene? Important. <laughs> We're not very important. <laughs> it's pretty integral to what's going on. So we need to make sure that that's not in, excluded into the conversation. But sorry, Richard, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it would be funny if they made me like go out during uh you know the uh <laughs> yeah. the throne room scene. as soon yeah. as leia, leia yeah goes in with snoke you can leave yeah, yeah just not that big of a deal you can go on but don't you dare miss those nipples <laughs> it said the same Multiple thing nipples. Batman and Robin. That's there's on. actually four nipples by the way it's on. i i i miss uh alicia silverstone being alfred's granddaughter because i couldn't miss the bat nipples thanks to run p um so <laughs> back then it was just a zine though that the guy sent out it was, it was, a, it was a weekly weekly zine uh batman and robin's run p update but it came with free pogs so that was yeah it wasn't just it was pretty sweet uh this has gone weird this has gone weird don't worry i only have about 20 more minutes um no so the second time i saw it uh like you brian i liked it a little more in some areas, some areas I'm still firm on like this was a terrible decision, but that's okay. He took chances. Um, you know, honestly, flying Leia, Mary Poppins in space, Leia was worse than uh, the nipples to me. Um, I just don't understand how anyone could watch. I get filming it. I get like it's a decent 
idea. I get it. It's her using the force for kind of the first time we've ever seen. I get that concept. I get, hey, she's going to fly through space to safety. But I don't, and I granted, this is very caught up in the fact that Carrie Fisher has passed. And you want to give her as much screen time. And, and quite frankly, cynically, you want to create as much tension on is she or not, is she not going to die in the film? But I, I don't get how that scene gets past the edit bay where they look at it and go, this didn't really work. Instead, they're like, yeah, solid. This looks cool. Or I, I think, don't know, you know how anyone didn't think it was in bad taste. I mean, I hate yeah, to say I, that, I, but I, I mean, you, you zombified Leia. And do you guys, I just didn't, do you guys I didn't understand it. I don't, I don't know. I don't do know. you guys think that was put in post-death? That's that's it was, a was my assumption first I don't time know. around. There's yeah. so much that happens after that with yeah. her that I don't right. know they, how why why would they do that if that's right. my uh, question. They, like why do you just only, have her stuff at the end where she's on another ship, yeah. you know, or why do you have to have her and do that whole thing? I don't yeah. The don't only know. reason you do that Kent is if is if you needed you need to you have so much uh footage already shot and you need to get her off screen for an hour. The only question like that's what I assumed first time around was that that was post production stuff or post her death that, that was that was put in. But then I don't know. They must have had some plan for her because she's clearly the person there when um when she like comes out in her hospital gown and 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 blast Poe. Unless that's like the best CGI of all time, putting <laughs> her face on some. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so clearly, I, I would assume. Like I don't know what the plan was, but first time around, that had to have been like this is how we're going to make this work. And second time, I just, I don't know. I don't know how that played. Yeah. It's a big question. Uh, I I'm kind of with you, Richard. It, it confused me a little bit even more the second time around. I just don't know. Maybe if she's out of the story for a significant amount of time, then I would agree with that. But I, I feel like right. they're like, you could put her on a ship and she could be there. I don't know why she had to be dead or in a hospital or and all that. I just didn't see, didn't see the point. I, there is a moment, you know, when she comes back and dressed in all white and this whole triumphant moment. Um, maybe they're just leading to that, and that was in the original script or something. I don't know. I you don't, can't put it past them that that's what they, the original idea was, and they didn't think it was necessary to necessarily change it and just do it the movie. And she's not going to be in anymore, and that's that, you know. And put the dedication at the end, and and that's it. But um yeah it's a very it's a very confusing question what what are your other thoughts richard so there's that i'm i'm still a little bit disturbed at at chewbacca um eating going going grilling porks yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i get it he feels bad but that one pork's still dead i thought that was really (laughs) wookie's gotta eat bro tell that to that one pork um (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, I, I kind of stand where I am actually over the second time. I like it slightly more. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to need time. You know, I really loved Force Awakens upon um, leaving the theater, even with the first couple weeks. And then you start realizing, ah, it's just new hope, except this planet can, this thing can kill five planets instead of one. That's neat. And you start nitpicking it, but it'll never, I, I, and I, I kind of hesitate whether or not that's good or bad. The fact that they remade New Hope, I kind of think that was the smart thing to do, yeah. actually. Um, and so I'm not really, too caught up in the arm, so I I need more time on this one to think, uh, which is terrible for a so-called movie critic. But but I liked it about where I did as we left. I'm still nitpicky on a few decisions. You know, uh, sorry, some of the bigger things. You know, there's there's also we should put a big spoiler, Ken. At the just oh, I'm gonna put episode, one at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, with Snoke dying, um, 
you know, in this, that that's a point of contention that a lot of people have as well, uh, that you kind of killed essentially. And, and that's, I, I liked it for two reasons. Number one, um, you don't want it to be the exact same as empire. Uh, number two, you, you know, I think Kylo Ren's a good bad. Um, some people don't, but I think he's good. And we don't know how that's going to play out in, in number number three. I just think it's it's still wide open. And Kylo's, to me, a very good villain. I think he could be an, a really epic villain in the third film. Or they could b- introduce a new character. I mean, there's there's still a lot a lot to do there. So I uh I didn't I didn't uh I didn't hate that as much as others. And it, and and it was a good kind of as you said at the beginning, John, I don't remember if it was you or, or Jossie that said that, that that great line from the trailer really rang true. This is not going to go uh, the way you think. It, it didn't. And I really appreciate those curveballs. Narratively, I really like this film. Mm-hmm. There was just Same. a few, like Brian yeah. said, micro choices that, mm-hmm. that were boring to me. And then the last piece, sorry, the Finn and it's Rose, right? Is that her name? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I just, I just didn't feel there, and I, I don't really fault this at her or or him. I faulted a little more towards her just because we've seen him in more things, have better chemistry with other actors. But, like, I just didn't really buy them. Not that it had to even be romantic. Just, like, their hijink chemistry wasn't great to me. I just mm-hmm. didn't really care. Um, and so I just feel like, I don't know if that was a, I'm, I'm really not blaming the actress. It's easy to do say well she just sucked but i it might have been a, a script issue or or an actress issue or just those two actors didn't mesh um but i just feel like if you change a few things about that whether it's the actress or a few lines of dialogue yeah. or something to make us care more i just mm-hmm. the necklace was not enough for me to care about her Agreed. also we're sad her sister died but we only knew her for about like 30 uh, seven, yeah 30 yeah. yeah exactly so it's like i don't really care about this either um, and also, why was there gravity in space when she dropped those bombs? That, that annoyed just, me the first yeah. time. I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one, that one got me, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the way I mean, they're I'm falling not, out. I'm, and everyone's I'm breathing not... in space. There's just open doors everywhere in this movie. That's in space. They walk in. After Leia gets sucked out into space, they all just walk in. They're like, what happened here? They're like, there's just a hole in space time, like, right there. It's funny. Yeah, I noticed that, too, Rich. That's a hilarious observation. Yeah, the... The bombs that bothered me. <laughs> I just need a line of dialogue. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. it's the mosquito in Jurassic Park theory. I always ask for. I don't ask for much. Just explain to me or show a little thing on the bomb that's propelling them down. But the fact they're just falling with gravity, very much annoying. But yeah. anyway, sorry. It's enough out of me. It's enough out of us. We've been hearing more out of our guests. Our esteemed yeah, guests. Now, by the way, is this your second or third time? Did you guys come on for Rogue One or was it just Force Awakens? I can't remember. Well, we uh, we missed out on Rogue One. And I oh think darn. That. Yeah, we had. Uh... Uh, and I think another guy named Jonathan from Australia because we're big. Oh, that's under. right. Yeah, we are Global. big down under. Yeah, we're we gone. We're 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 basically <laughs> missed. We're I call ourselves Mr. Worldwide. We're basically you know, we, we, we we've been listening before you guys had advertisements on your show. Wow, so you, know, oh, you guys are old school. You were yeah. one of the four listeners <laughs> back in. The day. I think that fine. makes us family at this point, guys. <laughs> Tom Toretto style. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tip your coronas over your eyebrows, boys. Let's party. <laughs> um, I there are two things. When I saw the trailer for Rogue One, um, it was marketed as a different Star Wars film, and I really appreciated that. And when I saw it, I came out of it slightly bummed because it felt like a generic Star Wars film, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I just thought that it would be a slightly different, a little darker. Um, mm-hmm. What I appreciated about this film 
was that it 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 had like the it they took the risk to do something completely different. And like what John said earlier, like anything you thought you knew by looking at the trailer or looking at the posters, you think like, okay, like what about Ray's parents or is Ray going to go to the dark side or um, is Luke going to go to the dark side? Like things like that. They took it and threw it out the window and they took all these classic Star Wars tropes and made something completely new. And for that, I really appreciate it because I came out of it like thinking like, wow, that didn't really feel Disney-esque as I thought it was going to be. Because when I came out of Force Awakens, I was pumped. And then, like, after it started settling in, I was just like, wait, that was just a new hope. Like, a good old rehash. And with this one, it, it wasn't afraid to take risks. It wasn't afraid to kill Snoke in, like, the final scene. And it also, like, establishes the fact that, you know, um, there was a new, like, Jedi Order. And due, due to those minor changes, I just appreciate it like that. I, I know that mm-hmm. the movie did mm-hmm. lag in the middle. Obviously, with Finn's Roy, it could. It's something a little different. Um, but I'm a Justin Thoreau fan, so I didn't have a problem with that <laughs> particular scene. <laughs> but um, it it did lag a little bit, but otherwise, I think I think it was worth in the end just for those final two like lightsaber scenes. They were just unbelievable. Right. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna make the point that this movie, to me, uh, upon second watches, is really three great sequences, and to mm-hmm. me, some superfluous stuff all in between. I mean, it was all mm-hmm. just air. I mean, that first scene. Right. With uh, Poe driving the X-Wing and doing that whole thing. Uh, one of the top scenes ever in Star Wars. I mean, incredible mm-hmm. from storytelling and establishing the character of Poe and the First Order. And the little loophole that they... We didn't mention this in our first episode that I had written down. I meant to mention that, too, is that I love how they find a loophole in the system of the of the First Order where they can drive small ships because they're so close and they can't shoot them yeah. because they're that close. Like, like mosquitoes, mm-hmm. like trying to swat a fly, right? right? I love that, and they use that several times in this movie. Um, but that scene's great. Then the Snoke scene and Ray with Ray and Snoke is is great. And then mm-hmm. the final scene with uh, just with Kylo facing facing <laughs> down with Luke is you know a huge scene. And then everything else, I could take it or leave it. Honestly, it could be a completely right. different movie yeah. to me, and I would probably have the same grade. Um, to me, that's where this movie gets lost. It, it does the the big moments really well, and it does the stuff in between not so well. And that's what impressed me most about The Force Awakens is that I, the pacing is just so great, and it really just flows scene to scene to scene, great moment after great moment. Uh, I mean, iconic BB-8 moment to William Falcon to here here's Han to oh my gosh Kylo Ren to all. I mean, it's just so much flying at you, and it's done so. So well, maybe it was because we were so new to it, but um, to me, the the biggest issue coming out the second time is the pacing. I just think that mm-hmm. you could have broken it up a lot more. I wrote down, kind of scene by scene, just wrote down, you know, the big things that that happen in the movie, and starting with, um, I guess starting with the first scene or the opening crawl, we didn't even talk about. Uh, what they can do with the opening crawl. I liked how they used a moving camera this time. We always assume that the camera is static in space and the the crawl is is moving by the camera, right? This treated like the this, the crawl itself was static and the camera was moving down the crawl and then flying down into the planet. I thought that was a really cool twist on just how they've done the opening crawl in the mm-hmm. past few Star Wars movies. Um, so there's a lot of... It starts off great, right? It starts with that one scene and then it goes uh, to Finn... Uh, in the bomber scene, uh, BB-8 doing the repairs on the X-Wing was really awesome, too. Um, that was great to see. 
And then we get some slapstick stuff with Re- with Finn. I don't know why they've made him such a slapsticky character uh, now. And then uh, Finn says the line, "Where's Ray?" We flash to Ray on the island. Um, Ray finds Luke and does that whole thing with the lightsaber. And then Luke says, "Where's Han?" Uh, we flash all that to uh, Kylo Ren. So that's the transition to Kylo Ren. So I don't, I can't decide this. And maybe y'all can chime in. Is that lazy screenwriting or is that smart screenwriting to say, where's Ray? And then flash to where Ray is. And then to say, where's Han? And then mm-hmm. to flash to Kylo Ren. Like, is that clever? Or is that lazy? I, I don't know if that's I genius it, or that's, you know, or if that's just an I, easy I thought it way was out. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a smart way to do it. And, and just kind of reset too. like, okay, here, here we are. Not that anyone who saw the last Jedi didn't see force awakens you know like there's not there can't be one person out there but that was just a, a really nice hard reset of like okay here we are here's where right. she is and here's where he is you know yeah it, um so we get that then we flash to uh finn i mean we flash to kylo ren with snoke uh the first time we've seen snoke actually on screen and on as a hologram really cool love the way they did that really great scene there where he's talking <sighs> about you have potential your bloodline to be a new vader uh-huh. um take that stupid thing off you're just a child in a mask, and then he takes off the mask, smashes the mask. By the way, I don't like unmasked Kylo Ren. I prefer my Kylo Ren mask, and I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised, and we are in spoiler territory, so spoiler, 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 again. Um, I'm surprised that after Snoke dies, they didn't have this epic scene, maybe even to close this film, with Kylo Ren putting back the mask on, or, or mm. some kind of another mask, like, I'm back, like... I'm the supreme leader now. Yeah. Maybe that's the, coming, uh, but I I love the, the mask, and I hate that they did away with that so early in this movie. But go ahead. I love the uh, there's a great line online. I won't take credit for it. I'd love the this is a very Richard joke, but unfortunately someone beat me to it. Can't you appreciate it as a fan? Someone had a line that said uh, they were ticked that he took the mask off because he was starting to sound like the last two minutes of Runaway, the Kanye West song <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the vocoder. Yeah. Every time he talked and I was they're like, and I was into it. It's funny <laughs> because I mean, in, in the, in the force awakens, they basically ran his voice through the PA, right? So you could hear it amplified mm-hmm. if anything else. Yeah. And you know, the same thing with they would do with Bane and James Earl Jones. And this one, they actually, you could tell they used the speaker on the helmet and you couldn't actually hear what he was saying. That's why he's like, take that stupid thing off. Cause it, couldn't actually hear what he was saying. And um, I just thought that pissed him off so much. I mean, he goes and smashes the helmet, right? Like, he hates mm. Snoke because of that. And at, I, I think there's a moment coming where he puts back on the mask. Maybe I wanted that in this movie. But, um, yeah, I perform- so that's a great yeah. scene. We go from there to the Who Are You with the Jedi books and everything and telling the story of the Jedi on the island. Really, really good. And then we um, have to establish the tracker on Rey that tracks between Ray and Finn, and then he passes it to Leia and back and forth. Also that we know that Ray knows where to go at the end of the movie. I think that's the only reason that's in there. So people aren't like, well, how did Ray know where they were? Um, It's because of that little tracker bracelet thing. Maybe there's a way that they could have done that without the MacGuffin-y tracker, other than her using... Should have gotten Ledier to do that part. (laughs) Yeah, he does trackers pretty well. (laughs) They'd be following themselves, though, if they did that. they maybe they could have she could have just used the force and found where they were and i don't know because she linked <laughs> with kylo maybe maybe she sensed where kylo was and knew they would be there then i don't know I, I just that was another thing on top of the little necklace thing on top of the force and everything else that we have to all the myth all the uh little things that get us from point a to point b in the in the plot yeah um so yeah so yeah 
So they go to that, and then they go to the explanation of how they can track things with light speed uh, with the ships. I thought that was pretty clever, a cool kind of explanation or another loophole in Star Wars that they kind of um, explain. Then we get Kylo with the X-Wing attack. I like that. Then here we go. Zombie Leia, followed by Chewie uh, poured cannibalizing, followed by <laughs> Luke going on the Millennium Falcon and finding those like gold dice, another MacGuffin-y thing. Um, mm-hmm. Then we go to, I'm going to teach you the ways of the Force. Then we get a Laura Dern scene. And then we get... Uh, <laughs> Laura Dern is introduced. And then we get the line from, from Poe. Oh, a woman admiral? Not what I expected. Like, what, do we really need that line? We, we've had no. women, women admirals in Star Wars we, all the time. I don't know why they keep Princess having to point Leia. that out. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> the one that just died was a woman, guys? Okay. <laughs> women um, generals? I'm into it. Women admirals? No candy. No, no candy. <laughs> no thanks. A woman president? Absolutely. But way before I see a female speaker of the house, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> then we get, followed by that, we get Finn with the escape pod. And uh, the science of tracking. Then, then we get the security clearance thing, which he says we can't use a security code. But in the previous Star Wars movies, they said use an older code. Like it's still it's an older code, but it still checks out. You know they used that before. Maybe that's just a way to to write that wrong too. Followed by Maz Kanata. I don't know why that was in this movie really, yeah, other than to bring bad. her back. Um, and so that's five sequences right there in a row. That you could have broken that up with something from Ray, something from Kylo Ren, something from Snoke. I just think in pacing wise, like you could have brought us more stuff that we're interested in more often instead of doing mm-hmm. five scenes of Kylo Ren and Ray and Snoke, five scenes of back and forth between Poe and Finn, then back to Kylo for five scenes. You know, I think you could have you could have paced it a little bit more evenly. Uh, I did notice that my second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we said last week the pacing is is a big part of the issue. Like, you know, Ryan Johnson is very concerned with themes and structure and all that sort of stuff. And that I think that definitely shows in the movie. And and for you know, it's better for that. Like, it's very well themed and very well structured. Um, it's for like narratively, but J.J. Abrams is is a killer when it comes to pace. Like, he just he that's kind of his bread and butter he knows exactly what to do on that front tv that, man yeah exactly that's exactly what it is it's he yep. he comes from the really a tv producing background and ryan johnson is all movies all the time and so i mean i know he did breaking bad and stuff but even those breaking bad episodes that he did really felt like 60 minute movies you know and so um yeah so i i think that's there's like it's the kind of combination between like this is what force awakens did well and that made the weaknesses of last jedi stand out more i think and then the, but the vice versa is is also true i think the stuff that force awakens struggled with or or was easily criticized for last jedi um nails that stuff and so they kind of work hand in hand in a weird way but they also highlight each other's weaknesses as well as each other's strength it's, it's kind of strange and i will say to you just to clarify can i think I think the implication on Laura Dern, and I don't ever want to be in defense of Laura Dern ever, but uh, <laughs> I don't. Just I think the implication that, yeah. on Poe's, like, oh, that's not what I expected, was not that she was a woman, but that she looked like, like that she was super flowy and purple hair and all that sort of stuff, not like a hard grizzled veteran of many wars or something like. You know what I mean? Because whatever it is, that's totally true. You're right. I think that's what they were going for. Now maybe. They should do that better, but I don't think it was necessarily just like, 
a woman? No, like can't. Do yeah, that. No. I, I, think you're right. uh, I think you're right. Brian. Uh, that line's. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> I'll just say that. I hope you're right. I, I mean, it it could have been done better, but I that was the second time. Through, especially that's what I took from it was that he. Was what did uh? She's who she is. Jossie and John, what did you guys think of uh? What did you guys think of that? I see one of my big critiques of the film were it's not. I mean, look, I Brian and I are longstanding anti-Durnist. Um, <laughs> Pro Bruce, anti Wara. So I guess Durnist isn't the right term, but um but I my issue was not with her performance or her issue was fine, but uh you know, I just thought that was a really convenient twist they had on it. It was like yeah. I don't know, I just thought that was sloppily done for someone like Ryan Johnson who's normally much tighter with things like that. What'd you guys think? I thought that would have been a much better JJ turn, that kind of mystery. He just didn't really handle that. Like she just seems all you know, she's Miss Trunchbull from you know matilda and then all of a sudden she's you know jesus christ or something you know it was just like too abrupt of a of a turn what'd you guys think about that yeah no i i thought it, it was just too easy of an explanation that she also could have just told oscar isaac right away saying oh okay they can't track our escape pods so i i, I don't know i didn't understand then why that had to be a secret and so mm-hmm. i i i think uh yeah the whole like this is a whole mutiny to, oh, actually, she's pretty brave. Just happened, like, in a flash. And he's right. Like, if she had she just told Poe the plan from the start, maybe he would have been, like, more down with it. You know, even though he didn't like it. A plan, something. Something. Just know they're not just, like, going off in the slowest, like, race to their death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of felt, second time through, um, the way I felt about um, Dark Knight Rises, where I feel like that movie, if you could have the deal to me with that movie, almost every problem it had is just like, it should have been two movies and this not quite to that extent, but I do feel like the script was probably like 500 pages long at some point. And then we're trying to cram it down quote unquote into a two and a half hour movie. Cause there's a lot of stuff like that. Like you guys just mentioned that is very rushed. It's like, uh, 30 seconds to develop quote unquote, you know, develop a character um instead of four minutes you know or or 10 minutes or over the course of a half a movie or something like that and that's you know that's on like we said on last week's show like that's on ryan johnson to to put together a tighter script i just think you kind of look at it and say there's a lot of there's a a ton of ambition in this movie as a whole and narratively too like they're he's trying to get a lot done in a in a pretty short amount of time and uh you know i probably would prefer like just cut some of these storylines down and focus a little bit more um but clearly he felt like he needed to get through a lot of this in a in a you know a two and a half hour movie for for better or for worse i i don't know but that's that clearly was a an important part of the process for him yeah i think so too um, maybe Richard, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, maybe we kind of have a, a similar thought on this. I, I would think maybe, um, does any of this, is any of your reason for maybe disliking some of it? Does it feel a little bit too much like parody in some, in some aspects, uh, like, like Luke throwing the lightsaber at the, at that moment, uh, also with, uh, Ray training with the lightsaber, smashing this rock, and the rock falls on like the little creature things, uh, you know, basket, like really funny stuff. 
and also the the little like iron coming down and the <laughs> and like ironing the, the uniforms. Remember space that balls. Yeah, it's, it's, space that's balls. Yeah, that's what I mean. Does it feel too too spaceballs parody in some aspects? That's what threw me off. Maybe it's like we expect there's such such serious moments when Ray is being trained in the ways of the Jedi, right? And she has that moment where she slices through the thing. It's like wow, this big powerful moment, and then it's like boom, like Muppets are getting smashed with the rock. Like yeah, ten seconds later, it's like what? Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, you're right. I think. Well, I think two of those things go to. Um, well, some of that goes to what what Brian was just saying. You know, there's not enough time to build the tension and do the comedy, and they mm-hmm. tend to lean towards the comedy instead of doing both. Um, and look, I'm never gonna. You guys know me. I'll. I will never crap on a movie for taking itself less seriously than more it's just biologically not in me to do that so like i'm i'm in favor of jokes always even at funerals especially if you're <laughs> um but you got a doozy plan for yours <laughs> you good yeah well, if it doesn't involve the undertaker i don't know what you're doing <laughs> um so uh but that that is true can't you know i think um but you know i think sometimes we tend to mythologize you know yoda is a pretty comic character and he's training mm-hmm. yeah. Luke in empire. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as script, um, goofy as this because that kind of comedic writing wasn't really the alive yet, but you know, Kermit the frog, lest we forget, essentially trains, uh, Luke Skywalker, how to, the ways of the Jedi. So, um, it works for some reason. I mean, it, it, it works yeah. because it works, you know, like I can't, I don't have any negative feelings about that because it worked like some, in some aspects, some of it just doesn't work, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, like you go out on these limbs, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. I I think maybe it's just, it's establishing a new tone and a new language and a new kind of reality of this Mm -hmm. universe that there's, there's different, there's different stakes. You know, say what you want about the, the, the thing about Force Awakens is it's this perfect puzzle. What's interesting about that film is kind of everything comes along right at the right moment. All the timing is perfect. Bop, 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 bop. You know, it tells that story. Doom. This comes along. Ray dodges it. This hit. This means this. You know, it's just a very perfect puzzle. And this movie does away with some of that. There's, there are errors. You know, characters do mess up and they do accidentally mm-hmm. kill other characters. And Chewie does accidentally grill um a you know i mean there's things like that where it's like there's like stakes they're comic stakes but there's more stakes to this um mm-hmm. than others yes. so i don't necessarily mind that actually i just it is jarring to do that with the whatever it's, it's so movie. close to the serious moments maybe that's why i mean mm. you're in a very serious moment where where ray is giving the saber to luke skywalker for the first time and then he just chunks it off the bridge. Like even in both screenings that I did, like the audience didn't know how to, does not know how to react to that. Like, what good, should we laugh? Was that a serious thing? Was he doing that jokingly or was he serious? You know, it's a very, it's a very jarring. Yeah. To me, like, I think that change of emotion so fast. I, I was less offended by that. You're right. It is early in the film. I was less offended by that. I laughed harder at that. than you know, him getting the dirt off the shoulder to me, that was dumber that was and more, out of character than than the lightsaber toss. You put a meme like, like in in Star Wars. At this yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the you know, um, it's it's uh, it, it it just didn't really work for 
that to me was sillier. I thought the Luke throwing the lightsaber, yes, it is jarring at first, but then when you get to know this new incarnation of him, it works yeah, in the he's character. Just pissed off, yeah. Yeah, he's just over it. Yeah, and... He's a grumpy old man. Yeah, yeah, he's a grumpy old man, and this, you know, he's much more interested in the, what, you know, faux Buddhist philosophies of the Jedi, or not faux, but uh, Buddhist adjacent, adjacent Buddhist uh, teachings than the kind of lightsabery war side of the Jedi, you know, as he's trying to make peace with, you know, certain destruction of the universe probably in his mind. So, like, I get that. To me, that within the context of the rest of the movie, it didn't bother me at all. I, I was more offended by every laser hitting Luke Skywalker at once and then him brushing his shoulder off. But, you know, maybe he was, a hologram, like, he, he was so. feeling like a pimp, so you can brush <laughs> his shoulder Yeah. Janars are pimps, too. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> something that I kind of mentioned earlier was the delegitimization of the first order, and you mentioned it too, Richard. We don't necessarily have a villain at the end of this movie. How do we feel about that? Mm, Kylo, I, Kylo Ren is Kylo made Ren is the, definitely the, the supreme leader at this point, but yes, I mean, uh, we juxtapose that with Ray meeting Luke for the first time and saying, "There's no." There's no light in Kylo Ren. He's completely in the dark side. And then the very, almost the very next scene, or the next time they see each other, she persuades him to the dark, the light side, right? It wasn't that hard to convince him. Uh, but the only thing that convinced him was Snow putting them together. And yeah. Um, but it, it, there's, I'm still not convinced that Kylo Ren is, is as evil as we all thought he would be, considering what the events of this film. Is he as... I bold yeah, I a, think it's uh, over. No, I, I bold think, of a, I think, a villain. I think they've definitively said, and and to me, I don't have to look Leia at says the, it. like, yeah, Luke and Leia having that conversation and, and her mm-hmm. saying, I know he's gone or I know he's lost and him saying, I can't save him. He's lost. I think we are 100% and just the way that he, um, you know, it ends up working in the, the favor of the rebellion because he's so, He's so consumed with his anger that he's out of control because otherwise they completely destroy that base and they kill everybody inside and blah, 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 blah. But it's because of he's he's so one to me. I think he's 100 percent. He's made his choice. He's the supreme leader. He's the bad guy now. And there's no there's there's no redemption for him in life at this point. I think that's what we're we're now set to believe. I think think she was his last hope when he said, yes, that was exactly exactly. You know, that was it. it. That's it. He, so to me, at this point, there's. I think I don't think it's questionable. I think he's the redemption for him can only come in in death, kind of Darth Vadery. There's that's the only way that he um, redeems his mm-hmm. Jedi soul or whatever. It's not going to happen in a way that he he turns against the First Order or becomes a good guy or or anything like that. It's it's over. And I think his conflict or lack of conflict, you know the. The, the ongoing story of of Ben and Kylo and the way that relates as someone who's not a, a Star Wars purist, um, I think that makes him more interesting and more villainous. Yes. I know there's a lot of people that are not a huge fan of him as a villain. I think he's great, and I think Adam Driver's great in that role. I, I don't. I there's a lot of criticism to make about this movie. That's one that's that's really lost on yeah. me. I think he's I think he's spectacular. Jossie and John, what do you guys think of of Kylo? Uh, I definitely like Kylo. Uh, as a villain, but one thing I, I am conflicted with is at times he's amazing with the lightsaber, and then at other times he seems almost novice. And 
Yeah, that uh, was the last. In Force Awakens, the same way. That still confuses me too. Right. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, no. Was, and John Boyega gave, or Finn gave him a good run for his money in Force Awakens, and I was like, this guy's not the end all be all. He's not Vader, and I, I have kind of a hard, or it's hard for me to swallow that this is our only villain left. And a comment, or the one line in the movie that sticks with me is, it's the same uh, weapons maker that makes both the Republic and the uh, resistance in the resistance uh yeah. weapon. that was cool that was cool. i'm not sure if i'm putting too much weight into that comment but i think that I would don't be think you are. yeah <laughs> i think it'd be an interesting direction to explore yep i'm with you i think that to me that was was a, i i'm so glad you brought that up because i'm not very good at my job and that is a, a note i took yeah. in the film and i haven't brought it up on either pod you're right there is something to that um Obviously, there's like some allegory with modern whatever, but I just mean speakly, speaking specifically in this narrative, I think there really is. I think you're totally right. I think that it goes down that route um, in the in the third film. If I had to guess, I think there's going to be something there, and maybe even as you, as you, I think are, I believe are hinting to, um, Jossie and or Jonathan. I haven't earned your voices yet. Uh, yeah. That uh, that uh, that could potentially be another villain. The kind of you know, weapons know. dealer type. Puppet master. Uh, yeah. It's, it's Tony Stark, y'all. Oh, there we go. Now we're cooking. All right. Pat Oswald's dream. Crossing it over. Crossing <laughs> it over. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe it's also because the First Order is depicted in this film as being just so incompetent in almost every way. When they can't destroy anybody, uh, the, the first scene with them is... Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Whole thing. I mean, they they. It's not just Kylo Ren. I mean, they delegitimize the First Order in almost every aspect. They they just make them seem a lot less menacing than before, especially heading into uh, a final movie. But man, it's going to be really cool to see the arc of Kylo Ren. I agree. I think he's my favorite part of this movie. That character, mm -hmm. that 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 actor, the, everything going on there. I just loved ever since I saw the first frame from JJ of him walking off the ship yeah. onto the planet and everything. I was just yeah. all in on that. And I still am. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love what they've done <laughs> other than the like shirtless I like Skyping. I don't like this. I don't like the CrossFit like implications. I, with, you know, uh, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I wouldn't either, but commenting on it was funny. That was probably the best joke in the movie for me. It was, yeah, it was, was her yeah, being like, be please just yeah. put something on or whatever she says. And he, I don't know, just his awkward sort of, <laughs> Was like chest out, up. kind of yeah. bowing up. Yeah, <laughs> very JJ Watt of him. And, and I like that Ky uh, Kylo slash Adam Driver. I don't know if this is script or just actor because he's it, he takes interesting choices. He's kind of the last Jedi of actors that he doesn't ever like get sheepish. He's just kind of like awkwardly just yep. keeps going. This is me. This is me, babe. A more obvious joke would have been like, oh, sorry, yeah, I'll put something on. Or a more obvious, no, I'm shirtless. But the way he kind of just plays it. <laughs> just as stayed like, there. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, like they filmed that and did not tell him that joke was in the script when they filmed his side. <laughs> it's really funny to me. And it really worked. Yeah, it works. I think this movie, maybe more than, than even Force Awakens, kind of highlighted uh, as good as like Daisy Ridley is and John Boyega, and I and I love both of them and their characters. Adam Driver and and Oscar Isaac are are just kind of worlds apart as far as just being actors is concerned. Like they both just bring so much. Um, like James Earl Jones and Harrison yeah. Ford were bigger than Carrie Fisher. It, exactly. Yeah. It, it's just they're on a different planet from a you know just an acting standpoint. Oscar Isaac. And they do more with less. You know. 
it's, yeah. it's pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about some of the cliches? Like, do we, does every Star Wars movie have to have some kind of cantina alien world <laughs> sequence? Does every Star Wars movie have to have a sequence in where they trade uniforms with the enemy? Does every second movie have to have a scene where the, you know, the, the rebellion is betrayed by a, an insider. You go into the, like the Lando scene, like the yeah. Benicio character <laughs> here. Um, there are always those cliches that they keep coming back to. I'm kind of over the cantina stuff, especially in this. Uh, the, the scene where they do go to the casino, and uh, that opening shot is mimicking that movie Wings from the 20s. Have you seen that shot, like from a silent movie? It's basically uh, this really famous shot in like cinema history, I guess. Uh, from this movie Wings, it's just look it up on YouTube. It's where like the camera is going over these tables like in a cafe, and they're they're passing drinks back and forth, and it's like this big atmospheric shot, you know, ending up on the, the subject at the end, which in this case is Finn. But it's almost an exact mirror of that shot, but they do it here with that. So that, maybe it's just an excuse the to do that, that shot. But, but in the uh, but in the original, um, it's uh, Thomas Hayden Church. And uh, Tony Shalhoub, right? Yeah. In the original from Wings? Yeah. He, he, it's Paul McCartney from Wings, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Paul, not from the Beatles. From Wings, Paul McCartney. I'm unfamiliar with the Beatles. Yeah, I don't, yeah. don't know yeah. them. I, like, I love Wings, just don't know the Beatles. And I know the Firemen. The Firemen <laughs> Remember that? Paul McCartney's weird techno band? Look Firemen. it up, by the way. Listener. Look them up. Paul McCartney, the Firemen. It's a... You want house music by Paul McCartney? Well, you're in luck. So, um, so, so to follow that up, uh, we get basically Luke explaining the. He says, "Teach her the ways of the Jedi." Too. He never says, "Teach her the ways of the Force." I don't know what that is about either. I always thought it was teach you the ways of the Force, but um, did you guys catch that at all? Is that a, on purpose? Change? It could be on, it, it could be on purpose because um, you know, as we saw in the final scene, and also like the explanation with you know, her parents or they really are or lack thereof. Um, it's just one of those things, I guess you're just sort of like born with it and you just kind of like have it in you. Like, that's why I kind of like the line where um, Kylo Ren told her, he was like, well, you know, you don't belong in the story. Like you're, you're nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like a hit the reset button. It's like, well, you know, necessarily have to be like a solo or like a Skywalker to have the force in you. Cause like think, think about like going back to the original trilogy, um, the kids at the Jedi Academy. Yeah, exactly. Metaclorians is not like they were like yeah. Skywalkers or Solos or anything. They were just like, I guess, average kids or just Jake Lloyd. It just has it in you. So I kind of, I kind of liked, I kind of like that to be honest. Yeah. That's the, maybe the most important part from a like future standpoint, like where does, where do these stories go in the future is that, um, and the, I kind of referenced it at the beginning, mm-hmm. this, this reclaims, I think the movie reclaims the force and the, like the ability to be, connect to the force, become a Jedi, whatever. You know, the first trilogy, we don't know any of the background of the characters and we don't know how all this stuff works. And then in the prequels, George Lucas, for whatever reason, basically goes out of his way to make it a, um, a biological thing and a, and really a, a hereditary thing. And, I think That's between – it was. It was a terrible mistake. Like of all the, the dumb things done in the prequels, uh, that's probably number two behind Jar Jar Binks' existence. And well, I maybe, did a deep dive on Jar Jar Jake Binks. Uh, <laughs> I did a Jar, 
Jar Jar Binks deep dive on like some wiki today. Read his entire biography. I don't know why. I don't know why. Dark day. Dark day. But um, that's one of the major issues with the prequels. And this this movie, I think, kind of quietly resets that from combined like just the stuff that you get from Luke training Ray and especially that first sequence when she's um you know whatever focusing and and reaching out and him telling her like this doesn't belong to the Jedi it's you know this is the universes basically or the galaxies I guess and then you combine that with this whole concept of um you know the the resistance being the the spark that lights the fire and the galaxy and then culminating with that kid at the end force reaching for the broom and stuff like that. It, I, I think that maybe more than anything else in this whole movie, um, that, that I think Ryan Johnson, maybe his main goal was like, I got to find a way to get around this crap from the prequels so that we can do whatever we want mm. moving forward and, and reestablish that, um, reestablish that. Yeah, that you don't have to be a Skywalker. And and by the way, you could make a pretty strong case. And I think Luke is doing so throughout the movie, even when, when he doesn't necessarily say it in so many words. But you could make a pretty strong case that the Skywalkers have have kind of bastardized the Force and, and the Jedi and all that sort of stuff. Like they've, they've kind of ruined it. I mean, and so I think that's, I'm, truthfully, I think that might be the main goal for Ryan Johnson. Besides, like, I want to make a good Star Wars movie is like, We've got to find a way to do to to do away with whatever um, Lucas did in those with dumb midichlorians and all that sort of stuff and just kind of reopen the galaxy to, and, the, and the, this universe to like who can who can possess the force and what who can use the force, who can do stuff, yeah. Jedi stuff, who can do stuff within the force. And that's like a that is a huge, huge thing moving forward. I think to that point, there are no more Jedis. Now, what is the force? Without Jedi's mm-hmm. in existence, there are there, there's none anymore. Uh, you know, uh, Kylo Ren. I don't know if he considers himself a Sith, but he says in this movie, "Let's do it with the Sith. Let's do it with the Jedi's. Let's do it with all of that. Start a new galaxy. Let's start a new reign. Him and Ray, right?" Um, I I'm curious to see where where we go from here. If there are no Jedi's, where's the guidance going to come from? I mean, right. do you only do you only get a uh, force ghost if you're a Jedi. Like, is Leia going to get visited by <laughs> Luke or Yoda or Obi-Wan or anything like that? Or does that conclude that she's a Jedi and Luke's is not, in fact, the last Jedi? Or does, that, she, does he pass that on to her? Uh, that, it's, it's a big question. But what were you going to say, Jazzy, or one of you guys? Um, I just lost my thought, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's totally okay. Uh, I want to go back to the scene with Snoke and Rey and Kylo. I think that's oh, actually, seen- I do. I do remember. Sorry. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I was saying like when Luke was saying, you know, do away with all of this, do away with all that. I think that was like symbolic to the movie itself. Uh, kind of like telling the audience like, hey, do away with the Skywalkers, do away with like the Force, do away with you know, your old school way of thinking and mm-hmm. think about it in a broader scope. Join me. Join me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think so too. And it is in that scene with Kylo and Rey and, and Snoke that, we get those moments, and I just think that's so strong. I mean, the shot of the shot alone of of the saber going through Snoke, and it stays on the one shot, and how Ray's hand just comes up and grabs the saber. I mean, it's so epic. freaking awesome, <laughs> like so epic. Like you couldn't have have like set the camera any of a better place in that setting. I just love that so much. And then that moment where they face each other and then turn around and face the guards is like still. It gives me chills thinking about it. It's so cool. Such a great, 
scene and and everyone i think has enjoyed that but uh you know i think that whole sequence is worth seeing this film i would recommend this movie just for that because it's so yeah. good the the sabers and fighting the guards they're, they're they're killing him in all different ways you know when he puts the saber on his face and just turns yeah. it on, you know, and shoots him through yeah. the That's such a cool moment too. I mean, so great. And I think that that scene is one of the top three scenes ever in star Wars. I just think that is that that was perfectly executed uh, on every level. So I don't say I didn't say anything nice about this movie and I was just bashing it the whole time. Cause I, <laughs> that, that was, I just wish every scene was as good as it could have been. And that scene was as good as it could have been. Um, but not all of them can be. I understand that too. Uh, mm. What what Brian stuck out to you the second time? Maybe a scene that you were like, man, I really liked that moment or, that I didn't like the first time, or or something like that. It's just kind of wow, it, I forgot about that. Yeah, Casino Planet was less jarring second time around. Um, that still, I think I just I I want something better there, and I want it to be um, executed better. But I but I I, I kind of got it a little bit more so uh, we didn't i don't think we touched on really at all first episode um about how great that lightsaber battle was in the throne room with with snoke i thought that 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 true that might be the best um just straight fight scene even maybe even better than duel of the fates and phantom menace which is which is pretty great but that was awesome to see those two just wrecking shop together and that will probably be the only time we ever see that uh, but it was it was a lot of fun seeing that come to come together and um you know i i don't if we want to get into the fanboy reaction and whatnot i pers personally i love that re that we are getting this even if it comes out in in episode nine that that's just kylo ren playing tricks but um i love the idea that that ray is coming from nothing i think that further legitimizes my point earlier about you know the force being for everybody within this universe and, and, um, and I, I, you know, I've discovered over the last couple of days that people cared about Snoke way, way, way more than I did. Um, I always, I thought he was fine. He was better in this movie, obviously, than he was in Force Awakens. But, um, I, I've thought from the beginning that this, this movie is about, at some point is about putting, pitting Kylo Ren against Rey. Um, and, you know, and a, they're on a head head collision now and, and Snoke and Luke were just in the way of that. And that, that to me was reinforced second time around that I did not care at all that I thought it was awesome the way Snoke died and how Kylo Ren went after him. Um, but I wasn't disappointed in, I don't know. I've seen, I saw so much outrage about, you know, Snoke was such a great character and now he's gone. And I, I just, I guess I wasn't in that boat. Dude, that I, I never... loved Snoke. And I loved the mystery behind Snoke. I'm with you, you Brian, know? I didn't care about Snoke. I, I thought he was great. I thought he was menacing. I thought he was larger than life. We didn't know who he was. We didn't know why he was, how he had gotten there to that position of Grand Supreme Leader or whatever. You know, they mm -hmm. had that whole meme of your Snoke theory sucks. Now your Snoke theory doesn't matter because it doesn't matter who he was at this point. He's dead. No one cares, right? Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. kind of, that sucks, man. I He was, he I was a cool character. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, and I, this, again, <clears throat> excuse me, this plays in maybe more into just, like, if we want to talk about the fan disappointment and stuff. Both of those two things, who Snoke is and who Ray's parents are, um, having rewatched Force Awakens yesterday and then having seen this movie twice, these movies are never asking those questions. 
Uh, even Ray is to some extent in the first movie, and you have, you know, says, half my the family movie, will come back like, someday. Yeah, you know. I mean, half the movie she's trying to get back to uh, Jakku and whatnot. But even that, there's a scene with Maz that I'd kind of forgotten about, where she, where Maz basically says the same thing that Kylo Ren does to her in the in the second movie. It's just like you know that they're not coming back because you know the truth. You know that this is not, you know, that you're not special or something like that and um and so you know i th- i think that's a big part of why the audience score has been so bad and all this other stuff is just i think people have gotten obsessed with who ray's parents are and what their theory is and who snoke is and what their theory is on that and to me that's like i don't know it's it's like you're criticizing the movie for not following through on something that was never part of what the movie was asking or what it was what it was seeking out or what it was trying to accomplish. And look, maybe we'll get like we we said on the last episode, it's possible that Kylo Ren's just messing with her and then we're going to find out that she is whatever, like Obi-Wan's granddaughter or Luke's daughter or something or or she's Kylo Ren's brother or whatever. Like I okay, but I think even if we do yeah. That's not the point of the movie right. at all. Like it's not the B story, it's not the C story, it's not the Z story like it's not anything that the movie is asking or really truthfully even I think even prompting us to ask and it's fun and it's like okay this is a fun yeah it's uh, more about and we can do everything but if you're I guess my point is if you're if your anger and frustration towards the movie is based on that you didn't like the answer on Ray's parentage or Snoke's background then I think you're You've set yourself up for failure because the movie wasn't concerned with those things ever. There's no point that this universe cared about those two things. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's To me, I like that. I love that Ray comes from nothing. And I, I don't – I think it's cool that Snoke just kind of exists as this mystery character. And maybe there's like a book at some point that answers that question if you really want to dig into it. But I don't know that it was pertinent to the, this trilogy, you know? I think it's more about the fans wanting to know the origins of the characters that they like and that they yes. find interesting. No one cares about Vice Admiral Holdo's. Nobody's like, who's Holdo's parents? I mean, where did she, <laughs> you know? It's about right. they're so tra- well, attached to Ray, they're so attached to Snoke answer. that they want they want an explanation. They want to know everything yeah. about these. They're like, well, who's Ray's parents? Where who's who could be your brothers? Oh, where did you know, where did Snoke come from? What what planet was from? You know, they're they're so into it that they have to know everything just as fans. And the fact that they'll never know just pisses them off. And I think Ryan Johnson gets a little kick out of that. I get a kick out of it. I think it's funny. Uh, it, it's a great solution to the problem is that no side can say that they were right. No side can say, oh, Kenobi's, Kenobi's win. Yeah, everyone who said Kenobi won, you know, or <laughs> there's no one's right. So let's just end it. Let's stop talking about it and move on. Right. I think it was a smart choice. And it, it, I mean, who knows that they can, they can undo it in the next movie for all we know, but maybe this is also a case guys. And, and we had the same thoughts out of force awakens is maybe when we see the third movie, it will legitimize this one even more. And it'll make this one make a lot more sense. Um, right now that's not the case. And you mentioned it earlier, Richard regarding Rose and Finn's chemistry. um, why, if you want to get a, a love interest for Finn, why wasn't it Ray? They had great chemistry, and right. they had that weird moment where, like, they don't kiss, or like she kisses him on the the forehead or something. They I, I they think should have been a couple. Some, 
I think Ray and Ray and, and Poe. Kylo. Ray, uh, maybe there's they that Ray and Poe at the end. Yeah. Ray and Poe at the end, but there's some Ray and Kylo. You know, they're letting Ray sample the everyone, which is you know, there's a lot of <laughs> dudage in this, and that's fair. I mean, I respect that decision, but uh, no, I think Finn. Yeah, I just something about that didn't work. And I get, I, 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 to reiterate, I thought it was fine conceptually, but it just wasn't executed very well. I don't know who to blame, but uh, I'm just going to blame, I'm just going to blame Obama. <laughs> it's always Obama's fault. Or Hillary. I'll blame yeah. Hillary. The Russians. I don't yeah. know. Um, I, I think, I think um, that was a very interesting scene at the end of the movie when um, Rose, um, she says, you know, we die for things we love or fight for things we love. She kisses him, but he doesn't necessarily kiss back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Definitely it, got it for Ray. That's a step. For sure, for sure. I mean, like, it's a, his first line of movies, like, where's Ray? Like, the entire last movie, like, you know, the chemistry was there. And, um, you know, I know that Ray um, has met Poe for the first time. That was weird, to, yeah. You're like, wow, yeah, they really I, had never met. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, yeah, yeah. they kind of hinted at that. They're like, oh, like, that's. Like there was like a little like smile and everything, but you know, eventually I think it's going to be some sort of like weird, like love triangle between Rose, Finn and Ray, but I'm also fine with her, um, you know, not ending up with anyone. I mean, like if, like if they want to follow like the, you know, the star Wars can, I mean, Luke never ended up with anyone that we know of. Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 If you go expanded universe, you get into different stuff, but yeah, like that in the, within the movies. Yeah. Never has any, whatever relationships or anything like that we didn't really mention the score in the first one i thought the score was great i think it's one of the best star wars scores out there right. i love bringing yeah. back the common themes i love i love when the first time we hear ray's theme in the movies when she's training to be a, a jedi with a lightsaber and that like that you know familiar ray tune that we got on jakku i loved all that i loved almost everything about the production element of the movie the way it looked the way it felt and the way it, it aesthetically Please the eye. I thought it was great. And I have no complaints about that. Uh, maybe it's just there's a few moments that just kind of jarred me a little bit. But my overall impression of this is positive. I want to reiterate that. I'm going to give this a, a good grade. We haven't revealed grades yet. But um, this is not the worst Star Wars movie. And that's all I really ask for at this point, right? If we can just keep it from being a prequel, then we'll be fine. Um, they're, they're not. They're not all going to be ninety-nine percent by everybody. I mean, it's just it's just almost impossible to please everybody. Um, I got a lot of pleasure out of a lot of this, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. So so I guess to wrap this all up before we hit grades and get final thoughts and all that stuff, where do we think this goes in in episode three? What we're where do you think it ends? Do you think Ray pulls a Luke at the end of this whole thing and goes off to her own island of seclusion? Do you think they team up at the end, Kylo and, and Ray, and they ride off into the sunset? What Do you think Ray dies? What What do you think happens uh, at the end of all this? Um, just, just from what we know now, just gut instinct, and this is the last full po- Star Wars podcast we're going to have until the next trailer drops for, uh, mm-hmm. for the next movie. So uh, kind of get all your... Get all your implications out of the way now for the probably mm-hmm. the next year or so. So um, go ahead, uh, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I expect. I I just think we're. I've said before, like we're we're on this path to see Kylo Ren go up against Rey, and to see ultimately, I guess, to see the the First Order up against um, the Resistance, and 
you know, I, I mean, I think, I think, uh, episode nine has got to be, um, like a full on, like one of these two, one of these two people has to die and one of these two, um, parties has to, has to end. Um, you know, I expect one of the three or four, I kind of expect one of the three core, uh, resistance players is, is, is going to die. Um, that would, would not surprise me at all, but um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's all this from the very beginning. It's been about Ray versus Kylo, and um, and I I don't there's nothing that's happened to this point that uh, would lead me to to feel otherwise about that. Just narratively, yeah. Uh, Richard, final thoughts? No, I've I've talked plenty. I think uh, you know again, Ken, as you said, we're nitpicking on this because it's a property we really love. On the whole, I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was super fun and and uh, better than most. You know, probably make my top ten of the year, and I'm gonna nitpick it to death. You know, wh- whereas I wouldn't do that on Coco or something like that. You know, um, <laughs> but seriously, did they have to be Hispanic? No, um, no. <laughs> takes this <laughs> takes this weird turn. Um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, but no, it was it was excellent um i'm you know all the little nitpicky stuff aside I, i'm fine with brian johnson i i brain farted last time and said i made a joke or made a comment about him uh him doing the next episode obviously that's jj abrams that he's doing the next trilogy it was it was late um also but, uh yeah there, but, no i'm i'm on board with him doing that sorry to end my thought yeah ahead, there, i mean who's to say anything definitive is going to happen in the next one i mean they're doing a trilogy after this too so, I mean, they might carry Kylo and, and Ray on into the next trilogy. Who knows? Mop Boy. Um, but I think... Star Wars but, Episode Ten, Mop Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was Broom Boy, actually. Sorry. Oh, uh, sorry, Broom Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, may, I think, really, maybe they might pull another one of those, not what you expect in the third one, and say they're not going to fight and no one's going to win at the end of the day. They're going to go their separate ways. And, you know, Luke reiterates it in this film that... What makes the universe click is the balance of powerful light, powerful dark, right? If only one of those presences in the universe, what what happens? It's it's all about gray. It's all about balancing the light with the darkness, right? Uh, where where will that end up at the end of the day? That's a big question going forward. Jazzy and Yawn with the soft J. <laughs> what is your grades, final thoughts, and anything we haven't mentioned that you might have written down, anything like that that you want to point out? Um, well, in terms of final thoughts, I, I think that you come out of the movie, if you're not immediately satisfied, you're at least questioning, where is it going? And unlike the prequels where you come out and you're questioning, was that good? Uh, the fact that you're just always th- that you're thinking your mind's running with all these different theories, it, it just leaves a really strong impression. And so I really enjoyed my experience with it. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know where they're, where they're going to go. Um, after this and i think that's a good thing because like he, john just mentioned um it'll keep you guessing for for a couple of years you keep you thinking you'll keep you on the edge of your seat and you'll start thinking of different theories but i'm i'm okay going with it unknown because i mean it, it, it's it's like at this point you know like in in star wars movies it's like you know like there's going to be like the final scene. There's going to be like the final fight and like, you know, the good guys prevail until some new first order or, or um, empire comes up again, but I'm fine with the whole unknown and I'm fine with going into it. um blinded. That's good. That's all you can really ask for at this point. 
Uh, just one more thing to point out that I noticed. A lot of emphasis on running out of fuel in this movie and fuel being a big thing. I don't. I just don't ever remember fuel being that important in Star Wars. Like people just fly around light year to light year right. all the time, and it's never been questioned about how they get there or what kind of reactors they're using, anything like that. Uh-huh. Uh, what is was that just for convenience too? Um, they had to have some I, way for them not to be able to do this or or what? What do you think, Brian? It's possible, but I think to me that I I took it. It's the same as like we've never seen. Um, we've never seen like uh like the cannons hitting shields and stuff like that in uh, on the ships and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that to me, I I think that's right. It, it could be. It could totally be just a convenience to make the plot work. But I felt like it was Ryan Johnson being like, "Hey, it doesn't make sense that anyone can just fly anywhere all the time, and there's never any consequence to it." And the same with the shields of like, why don't we ever see? We see all these space bites. Um, why do we never see, uh, the, you know, the shields protecting the ships and things like that? So I, to me that I took that as Ryan Johnson having a pretty, bringing a pretty scientific mind to, uh, to the movie as a whole. And I, I think that it's, I think that was pretty smart. Uh, like I said, you, it could be just a, a plot convenience and I'm dumb, but I, I thought it was a pretty smart look at, uh, at that, at, at how this universe works. What uh, what are our final predictions for what Star Wars Episode Nine is going to be titled? Oh, I have no clue. Gosh, I'm never uh, just avoid things liked... like Attack of the Clones, and we're yeah. good. <laughs> I always liked Spark of Rebellion. Like, I think that's the first title of Star Wars Rebels, the first episode. But I just love that, and especially how they talk about that—the spark that lights the next wave of Jedi's. Mm-hmm. I love Spark of Rebellion. Just Star Wars Spark of Rebellion is really cool. So maybe something mm-hmm. along those lines about the the, I still, the I rebellion still continuing boy. beyond the the first order. But <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine, Broom Boy, Broom Boy returns. <laughs> yeah, Return of the Broom Boy. How about that? Just to make it. I like go it. With I like Jedi. it. Revenge of the Broom Boy. Oh, Broom Boy would never seek revenge. Parenthetically, and Jar Jar. Oh yeah, he's coming back. Oh goodness, and Christian things. too. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, I guess that's our. Final word on this until further notice. So, grades? so let's hit grades. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm going to go... I, man, I think I'm going to go A. I don't think it's going to crack my top 10 of the year just because this year has been pretty banging. But, um, Positively but it, banging. Positive banging. Um, but it's been... It's a, I, I'm much, much, much higher on it second time through than I was the first time. And if you if you disliked it the first time or you were confused or, or conflicted or whatever i definitely would encourage just a second viewing and and uh i think it it helped a lot and you know it might it, there's definitely some side some of the b story doesn't work at all and some of it works in parts and places and stuff but the the main story is great and ray the ray kylo ren luke stuff is awesome and luke himself has never been better than what he mm-hmm. is in in this movie um and to your point from last episode richard Hamill is is friggin' great, uh, just from an acting standpoint. Really, really, really good. And that that could have definitely been not the case at all. So it's a it's an A for me. Richard, how about you? I'm gonna go A minus. Uh Kent. Or actually we'll throw it before we go to Kent, we'll throw to our esteemed guest. Jocelyn Jonathan, what do you guys think? All right. So Initially, I was going to give it an A-, but, you know, when you give Laura Dern that much FaceTime, it goes to a strong <laughs> A. 
Um, but in all seriousness, uh, Kent, I think you called this out from the beginning when they first started with, uh, the, with The Force Awakens that uh, they, they brought on really strong actors, and that just really carried the franchise. Yeah. And the acting was so great in this, it's definitely in it. Yeah, I mean, these guys shine. It's, I mean, Oscar Isaac has his time. John Boyega gets his time. Daisy Ridley gets her time. Adam Driver gets his time. Mark Hamill gets his time. I mean, this it's letting actors act with this stuff. And they did great with the material, and I, I'm looking forward to those characters moving forward and to what they have to offer. But, man, I'm going to grade this out at an F minus, minus, minus. <laughs> patented. No, just kidding. Um, I'm going to give this an A minus, too. I mean, the, the strong stuff is so strong that it, it keeps me coming back for more. Um, it's not an A or an A plus. It's definitely an A but not, I mean, it could have been better, in my opinion. And that's disappointing. I hate to say that, but I think it could have been, could have and should have been better. Uh, so three A's for us. Wow. One more. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're in the Rotten Tomatoes crowd, guys. I hate, I hate to say <laughs> I was disagreeing with those critics, but I guess I'm, I'm one of them at this point. I got wow. one more, one more grade. Yeah. What Can do you got? Get both of y'all, yeah, which... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a solid C. Ooh, um, ooh kidding. I'm going to give it an A. Oh, you got us. That would have brought the, that would have lowered the curve significantly. I, I, ruined our Metacritic. I like, the, <laughs> I like the risk and I like the unknown in the franchise okay. going forward. Um, I, 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 I really, really appreciate it. Um, how they attempted to make it different. They succeeded for sure. And I can reiterate my point from the last uh, time that we were on here. Is that, I mean, this is a movie that took plenty of risks. It's not a movie that had to take risks. I mean, you could have come into this thing and done what everybody expected, and probably it was still would have been 98% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it is, and people would have gone and it would have made $200 million. Let's, by the way, let's talk a little bit about the box office. Uh, it made $220. Uh, I believe The Force Wagons made 245 something like that, in the first week. So it's a little bit behind that, but still in the top five opening weekends of all time. Uh, what is this on pace for, Brian, uh, in terms of overall box office pull, anything like that? Any early predictions have you heard? Um, I mean, it was second highest of all time to uh, to Force Awakens on mm-hmm. pretty much everything. So Force Awakens made right at $2 billion, I believe, something like that. Um, so this will be just Awakens. slightly behind that probably at the end. Yeah, of the I mean, it, it's definitely going to make – I think it – it, you know it'll make uh it'll make 1.5 billion in its sleep uh you know force awakens made 2 2. Point, just under 2.1 billion dollars which is that's a lot of money i don't know if you guys are aware but that's an impressive sum of money rogue one made just over 1 billion so i think this kind of comes in somewhere between i i would imagine it ends up it's not going to get the like i saw force awakens four times in the first uh, like 24 hours really um and so this one's i don't think it's going to get just based on the um, the negative fanboy buzz. I don't think it's going to get the same amount of rewatches, so it'll come down somewhat on that front. I, I would say one point, one point five to one point seven billion is probably where. Yeah, where I think that's what I predicted was one point seven. We'll pretty see. solid. Pretty yeah. solid. Something we didn't mention. Uh, two things is when Laura Dern sacrifices herself, thickly, and uh, you know shoots her ship into light speed. <laughs> To Kevin Nealon level, this is subliminal out of you, Ken. And, 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 
you know, shoots her ship into the first order or whatever it is, and the, the whole theater goes silent. I think that's a really cool way to do that instead of doing yes. some big <laughs> boom, 808, you know, George Lucas uh, style explosion. Just doing complete silence mm-hmm. in the absence of like the death silence of space was pretty cool, which we don't yep. get a lot of in Star Wars. And this is the first movie that hints at the existence of, or shows actually the existence of the kyber crystal, lightsaber crystal, when when the lightsaber breaks at the end and Rey like takes it in her own possession, assuming she's going to build her own lightsaber or something like that in the future. Yeah. It'd be really cool, cool to see what happens there with that too. Another little, something sure. they've, they brought over Maybe. from the extended universe but go ahead maybe she, maybe she'll do a double-sided lightsaber that's what i thought she was gonna Ooh. have going Wait, because to of the film. staff yeah Ooh, yeah that's a good call i, I always thought Ooh. that she was eventually gonna have like a double-sided lightsaber. oh i think you're right dude that's so obvious too how have i not seen that we're getting the throwback to darth maul <laughs> Only Darth Maul. Darth Maul could be the villain that comes back what, what if, if that darth was? maul is her dad have we thought about that oh my gosh wow. <laughs> let the fan theories screen rant yeah. just listen to this and made yeah. a they made an entire 15-point presentation mystical. on that. Right. Um, so in terms of my ranking of Star Wars, I have this uh, ahead of the prequels and um, not as good as the original. So I have this right now as uh, the fifth best Star Wars movie. And um, that's where my, my current ranking is. I don't know if you guys think sure. this is the best one of all time, but <clears throat> I think it's yeah. not as good as the original three, yeah. but better than the prequels. So, yeah. Yeah, I would have it behind, definitely behind Empire and New Hope and Force Awakens, and then Return of the Jedi has always been like my favorite one, but I it, it is the weaker of the original trilogy, so I think it's kind of on par with that. But for me, definitely far and away ahead of Rogue One and and all of the prequels uh, by by a long shot. Cool. All right, thank you guys for joining us uh, to our guests. You guys have been awesome. So book your ticket now to episode nine and coming in 2020 or whatever it is. And we'll talk to you then. But it's been great. Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. I think I'll have something later this week on uh, on the website. So check that out. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all the social medias. Uh, at Richard Barden, and that includes Zanga and Live Journal, which I update <laughs> hourly. Um, and Jossie and John, where do I'm? I've been searching for you. I've been looking for you for years to try to find you and look at pictures of you and other we, things. We, where we do I find you? On Instagram and Twitter. Nice. Where do we find you though? So in case our listeners want to get your insights, what are, what are your Twitter handles? I will say, well, Twitter handle is G Edmondson, G E D M O N D S O N two four. Um, not not necessarily a big Twitter guy. Um, you can find me more on Instagram. Cool. Same same handle. Yeah, and Jonathan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at J E Glucksman. Uh, I'll be all over. I'm on all the apps. So yeah. Right on. You. Same. Such a humble brag. I'm on all the apps. <laughs> <laughs> This has been fun. Thank you to everyone who made this episode possible. Thank you to Wondery. Thank you to uh, you for listening. And next week, we're going to return to Oscar talk. We're going to get back to it. And then we're speaking of Oscars. Jumanji getting a lot of of best picture buzz. No, just kidding. Uh, Talking (laughs) Jumanji and then back into Phantom Thread and and things like that in the next couple weeks. So join us then. And uh, if you want more episodes from us, check out our VIP club. We have a lot of exclusive content on there and fun uh, throwback episodes 
and things like that. We just talked about Ryan Johnson's directorial debut, Brick, over there. So if you want to hear that, check out the VIP feed on our website. And uh, until then, uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison, KentGarrison.com, and find our podcast on iTunes. Please leave us five stars. And until next time, see you at the cinema. Goodbye.